Okay, so today's daf is Memhei in uh, Yoma. And we are uh, five lines from the bottom of Memdalat Amudbet. Bechol Yom Ayaz Ava Yarok. It's talking about the pan that the Kohen Gadol used for the Ketoret. Every other day, the every other day the uh, the gold was. It says Yarok here, which really is probably yellow in uh, times of Gemara. What? Yeah, they use the term yarok, not like we use today to mean green, but to mean yellow, as opposed to red that was on Yom Kippur. There are seven types of gold. Zav, one is just plain gold. Uzav Tov, something called good gold. Uzav Ofir, something called Zav Ofir. Uzav Mufaz, it's going to explain all these. Uzav Shachut, Zav Sagur, Uzav Parvayim. Okay, so we're going to see... Uh, the source for each one of these kinds of gold, Zahavu, Zav Tov, Dichtiv, Uzav Tov. Right? So, so that, this is from the beginning. This is in Breshit, actually. It talks about how the gold of that place was good. So it says there was Zahav Tov and Zahav. That's what you learned from that, Rashi says. Zahav Ophir, Da'atem Ophir, that's the place that it comes from. Zahav Mufaz, Shedomer Paz. It's like Paz, and Rashi says what that means is Matziv Kemargalit, that it's bright like a pearl. Zav shachut shenidvekechut. So the zav shachut means that it's some, a type of a soft gold that can be woven into things. And then zav sagur is cl- literally that means closed, which means bishash niftach. Anytime you have this kind of gold around, every other store closes because it's so good. Zav parvaim, gold of what? Because it's so good, nobody will buy any other kind of gold. It's so so good. Yeah, that's what that's the thing. Closes down the market. Yeah. Zav parvaim shedomele dama parim. It's called parvaim because it's similar to the blood of bulls, meaning it's red, and that's the reddish type of gold that was used on the pan, uh, for the pan for Yom Kippur. Ravashi Amar Hamishain. Ravashi says, no, there's really only five. Uh, the first two, because it's v'chol chad v'chad, it be zav is zav tov. Zav and zav tov are just grades of gold. They're not really types of gold, meaning that there are five types, and within those five types, there are, there's a regular and there's a tov. But they're not, to, gold? Are you about it's, gold? I don't, it sounds like different, I don't know, different quality. I'm not sure. Maybe, well, maybe it would be, yeah. It could be that that's what they're talking about, different carrots. It could be. Could pure be. gold for everything? Pure is a matter of degree, but the, it's saying that there's, there's, there are different colors of gold and that, yeah, different shades. Different colors, that means there is impurity in it. Yeah, right. I'm sure that's what it means, yeah. Yeah. Rabbi, I've never seen the gold that is red like blood. Reddish. I don't think that it means it's literally red like blood. It probably means it has a reddish tinge. Yeah, so it probably means it has a reddish tinge. I don't think it means it's totally red. So they used a reddish color because it seems like it was a remez to the blood of all of the different korbanot and the atonement process that was going on. That's why they used... Huh? Yeah, so that's why they use the uh, that's why they use that color. Now Bukhol Yom Makriv Pras Shachri the Pras Arvid Bukhol Yom Aita Daka Vayom Daka Mla Daka. So it skips the part about it. Okay, there's Ketorit every day, morning and afternoon. Every other day we know it's Daka. It's always fine, uh, fine, finely ground the Ketorit. But here it's Daka Mina Daka, extra fine. And we we read that we read that in the Ketorit every day that they would bring it back, right? Be'er Yom Kippurim. To do, make it daka mina daka. In other words, they would return it to the lemachteshet, uh, to the grinder on erev yom kippur, to make it super fine ketoret. And that's what it says. Bech- Huh? No, no, just the one that they would bring into the Kodesh Kodesh. I'm sorry, I missed the part. Because when the Kohen Gadol brings the, um, 
it says he should bring Ketoret Samim Daka when he goes into the Kodesh HaKodeshim. So it says, why do you have to tell us that? We already know that you have to grind the Ketorot to be fine. We know that for the Ketorot of every day. So why does it have to mention that the Kohen Gadol who brings the Ketorot into the Kodesh HaKodeshim has to bring in Ketorot Samim Daka? In other words, the fact that it mentions for the Kodesh HaKodeshim Daka, finely ground Ketorot, when we know that all Ketorot is finely ground, must mean that it's saying that it has to be doubly ground, it has to be ground again. Every other day the Kohanim go on the east side of the ramp, which means to say that they go to the right. When you walk up the uh, the ramp, you go up to the right, you turn, you go around the Mizbech, and you come down in the right lane. And just like, you know, so you see that they were not British. They didn't go on the left <laughs> lane, they went right lane. Right, they went, so they, they, they went on the right lane up, right, but the Kohen Gadol goes in the middle. Right, so it says, It goes in the middle. Um, and that says, right, of the Kevish, of the, uh, of the, uh, the ramp. Because we have a general principle that you should always turn to the right. Whenever you have a chance to turn to the right, you turn to the right, because the right is strength, and, and also, obviously, in, it's, it has to do with other, there are other rimazim in the right side that has significance. But the point is that when you turn to the right, in order to turn to the right to go to the if you go on the left lane, you're going to go straight up, and you're going to go around the other way. This, this way, you go up the ramp, and the first turn you're going to make is to your right, and you're going to go around the Mizbeh, and that's it. It's neither one. It's just that, that's just the practice that they did. It's obviously not mean, They tell you in the halacha that you should first wash your right side before. Right, the none left of these side. are right. I mean, none of them are are me'akev b'diavad. These are just you know the preferable preferences. You know that's the way that they would do it. But that's why on the day that day would go in the middle. Because he walks straight up, meaning because of the honor of the kohen gadol, it shows his importance. It shows how beloved he is, and and that he's able to walk right up the middle. Um, every other day if the Kohen Gadol uh, is serving he will wash his hands and feet from the uh, faucet like everybody else the special cure like everyone else but on that day he had a golden pitcher again to show honor to the Kohen Gadol and specialness uh, for the role that he's playing on Yom Kippur he'd probably say you know what uh, let, let's keep going let's keep going okay yeah, uh, there were arba marachot. There were four setups of uh, wood on the mizbech. So the the this is actually a machlok that we saw in the Mishnah, right? There's three opinions in the Mishnah. But one of them said that every day there were two, and on Yom Kippur there were three. Every day there were three, and Yom Kippur there were four, or every day there were four, and Yom Kippur there were five. One. Right? So you have th- right whatever it was plus one on Yom Kippur. So the uh, t- so uh, the question is. Uh, now it's going to discuss what is the machloket, like whether what number there are in the basic. What is the X, right? So Tanu Rabbanan, Chol Yom Ayushtaim Marachot, Vayom Shalosh, Achad Machag Tola, Achad Machag Shnel Shel Ketorot, Achad Shemosifin Bo Bo Bayom. There Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda says you have two Marachot normally. Marachot are the pyre of wood, right? One is the Machag Tola. Machag Tola is where you burn the regular korban, the, the, the animal korban. Marachas Shniyah Shel Ketorot is where you burn the. Well, you don't burn anything on that actually, but you take the Coals from there for the regular Ketorot we're talking about on the everyday, not the Yom Kippur. Okay? Everyday Ketorot. And then they had an extra one just for that day that he would take the fire from that for the Ketorot of the Kodesh Kodashim. Because everything that's done on a daily basis, meaning the regular Korban Tamid, is done on Yom Kippur. The regular Ketorot of the daily Ketorot is done on Yom Kippur. What's added is the Ketorot of the Kodesh Kodashim that there was a spe- separate uh, fire. Rabbi Yossi Omer Yom Shalosh. And that's what the Halacha is. Every day there are three. Vayom Arba. But on, Hayom means on Yom Kippur, right? When it says Hayom, it's Yom Kippur. Achad shel machag dola, v'achad marach shel ketorot, v'achad shel kiyum ha'esh. 
So one is the Machak Dola. We read about it in the, if you, uh, you know, uh, the Abaye, Misadin, Rosel, Machamish, Machak Dola, Ketoret. You have the two. You have the Machak Dola. Machak Dola is the big setup of wood that is for the animal korbanot to burn. The smaller one is for the Ketoret. And then you had one that's Lekiyuma Ish. Now, according to Rashi here, that served the practical fu- function. Basically, it was backup. That if the large Maracha started to uh, fade out, they would take fire from this extra. Uh, thing and they would add it in order to revitalize uh, it. According to others, it was just a sim. It was sort of like the same way you have eshtamid, you know, the idea of ner tamid. You have also eshtamid uh, on the mizbeach, just lekiuma era. Yeah, pilot light. Then, so the, the, well, according to those who say it's practical, it's like a pilot light because meaning if the main one starts to go out, they take from there. According to the symbolic, like just like you have in you know the idea of ner tamid or something like that, you have also eshtamid esh. But either way, you add one that day. Rabbi Meir says, Every other day, there's four. There are five today. Everybody agrees on that, right? Those first two. Everyone, and now he's agreeing also with the previous opinion that there's also one that's just just to have extra. Either the extra is there to back up one of the, the you know, to back up the larger pile or it's just symbolic. And then, and one is for any leftover korban pieces from the day before because, you know, they, maybe they had a uh, very busy day the day before and not all of the korbanot were able to be consumed by the altar in time. So they have a lot of extra meat that's like sitting up there on the altar and didn't get burned. So then they would have a separate, that's interesting, they set up a separate one for yesterday's for yesterday's leftover korbanot that didn't get burnt. But that goes, uh, has been overnight. They, yeah, but since we're on the Mizbeach, it's okay. Something that stays on the Mizbeach overnight doesn't become pasul. Only yeah. something that's off the Mizbeach overnight goes on Yeah. Yeah. And that's the X plus one. In other words, whatever the X is, whatever the standard is on every other day, plus one for Yom Kippur. And the plus one is used for the fire to be taken into the Kodesh Kodesh. Everyone agrees that there are a minimum of two, right? That's the minimum. But where, where do you get that from? Because it says, when it discusses the Ola, it says the Ola that is burnt on the Mizbech all night until the morning, and it mentions Mokda, right? It's Al Mokda, the Mokda is the, that's referring to the pyre of wood, the pile of wood. Okay, so it's on that. So, and then it says, that's Mokda, and then it says, and then it says the fire of the Mizbech, is lit on it. So they're taking that to be two things. The fact that it says Mokda and then Tukad, they're taking that to mean that there are two separate fires. There is a fire that is called Machagdola, the big one, and there's a small one. Where does Rabbi Yossi get that there's number three? Then there's another Pasuk right after that, right? After it says the, the Pasuk of Haola, uh, and then and then later on it the third marachah, because I'll say, Ha-hula That's just telling you that you have to light the fire on the Mizbeach, meaning you have to get on there. You can't light it from the ground. Like, you can't take a long uh, match and light it from the ground. You have to go on the Mizbeach. That's why it says, Tukat Bo. You have to be on the Mizbeach in, a, in order to uh, uh, in order to light it. 
Right? Because uh, it says, to It has to be on the Mizbeach when you light it. Right? Titania. Hayah Rabbi Yudah Omer. Minayin latzadat alitashotel aberosho shel Mizbeach. Tamodomar vayishan al Mizbeach tukadbo. Because it says the fire on the Mizbeach is burnt on it. Now literally that means that the fire is located on the Mizbeach. But he's saying that the person lighting it also has to be on the Mizbeach. It's not referring to a separate fire. It's just referring to the method of lighting the fire. That's all. Am Rabbi Yossi. Rabbi Yossi says, Minayin sho semachag lekiyumayesh. How do we know that I'm right and really you have to have a separate fire just l'shem having an extra fire, he disagrees with Rabbi Yehuda and he uses that pasuk to mean that you need a third uh, wood, a, a third fire. Rabbi Yossi, doesn't Rabbi Yossi agree that you have to light the fire on the Mizbeach? So where does he get it from? If he's using the pasuk, he learns it from the same place that Rabbi Shimon does. It says that the Bnei Aaron Put fire on the mizbeach. We learn from that that the lighting of the fire has to be done by a kohen and with sacred vessels, says Rabbi Yehuda. What are you talking about? You think a non-Kohen is going to come and light the fire of the Mizbeach? No, Rabbi Yehuda happens to agree with that, that the lighting of the fire has to be done when a person is standing on the Mizbeach, but he learns it from a different pasuk, and therefore he comes out with only two marachot, plus the mitzvah of lighting it when you're standing on there, and he uses this pasuk to say that a non-Kohen would not be valid for lighting the fire. Rabbi Shimon says we don't need a Pasuk to tell us that a non-Kohen is not good for lighting the fire. We know that already. So the third Pasuk is coming to tell you that the person, uh, you know, the third Pasuk is coming to tell you you have three Psukim to, de- to designate three uh, different fires. And then a fourth Pasuk is not is coming to tell you that it has to be lit when you're standing on the Mizbech. Right? That's the, so so the, basically everybody agrees with that that concept that standing on the Mizbech is necessary. Rabbi Yehuda will say, if all we had was that pasuk, then I would, would think that a person could stand on the ground and blow with like a, a bellows uh, thing and, and light the fire from there. That's why we need an extra pasuk. In other words, he's saying there's two different ideas here. One idea is that the Mizbeach has to be, uh, uh, we wouldn't necessarily know from the fact that the Mizbeach, that it says that the, there's a fire on the Mizbeach that a non-Kohen is not included, because maybe you'll say a non-Kohen could stand on the ground and, uh, and, and blow it from there with a, you know, from a distance and light the fire. So we need a Pasuk to tell you that that's not valid. Okay, so he says, and that, uh, that's why you need an additional Pasuk, even though um, we, it says that the lighting has to occur on the head of the Mizbech. Maybe you would take that to mean that you could blow air and it will light itself by, uh, you know, from a distance. How do you know that the person has to be standing on there? That's an extra pasuk that we need and therefore we come out with only two marachot according to Rabbi Yehuda but the halacha he agrees with that you have to stand on the Mizbech in order to light it. Why does Rabbi Meir add another one? He says the three are not enough. You need another group of, uh, another fire on the Mizbech for korbanot that did not become consumed on the previous day. Where does he get that from? Nafkale me ve'esh. The word, the vav in ve'esh. Ve'esh ha'mezbech tu kadbo. That extra vav. Ve'rabanan vav lo darshe. The rabbis say, don't go so extreme. The extra vav doesn't mean anything. We don't learn anything from that. Ve'rabanan ev'rim putorim shalot ha'kdo be'er of mayavilo. So according to the rabbis, that you don't, you don't have a separate uh, fire to burn the korbanot of yesterday. So what happens with those leftover korbanot if that's the case? You just put them on the regular large uh, fire. You don't put them on a separate fire. How do you know that if they're a korbanot that did not 
have the opportunity to be placed on the fire on the previous day, you place them on the Mizbeach. And if there's not enough space, you put them on the ramp. In other words, they just have to be above the ground. Because if they are resting on the ground, in other words, if they're not on the Mizbeach at all, and the night passes, then they become invalid. So they have to be on the Mizbeach in some capacity, but they didn't have a chance to go on the fire. Right? Or you could put them on the Sovev. The Sovev was the little area. If you ever seen the picture of the Mizbeach, there was like a walkway for Kohanim to go around the side of the Mizbeach also, um, in order to do things that they had to do there and throwing blood that they had to do there. So, um, so you could put it on there, right? Ad until she, uh, until the, he or she yeah she yeah she yeah so done until they make the large pyre for the day and they put it on there because it says that the fire will consume the ola on the mizbeach meaning even things that went up on the mizbeach and were not burnt will be consumed on this fire in the morning so he's that's how he's in, interpreting the pasuk so the point is that according to Rabbi Meir what do you do you treat them separately you have all of these parts of the korbanot that were from yesterday yesterday that didn't end up making it onto the fire because it wasn't enough space. And so what you do is you set up a fourth pyre of uh, a wood and you burn them separately. But according to Chachamim, you wait until the large pyre for that day's korbanot is going to be uh, assembled. And once they light the fire, you put it on that main fire. You don't need a separate fire for burning korbanot of yesterday. Okay? So what does Rabbi Meir do with that pasuk? Because it's, he, they take that pasuk to say, to mean that things that came up on the Mizbech yesterday, you put them on the main fire. That's what it's telling you. So what does he do with that pasuk? He says, no. He's telling you that the, uh, he, a different rule, that that anything that falls off the Mizbech, that was placed on the Mizbech and fell off, if it was a korban, you put it back on. If it was ketoret, you don't put it back on. That's a different thing. It says, etaulala mezbech, meaning anything that went up on the mezbech, even if it popped off, you put it back on. Right? But the ketoret, you don't do that with. But it has nothing to do with which fire you place it on, because actually there's a separate fire, according to Rabbi Meir, not the same fire. Now, the Tanei Rabbi as Rabbi Chanan said, Bedvei Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov, in the Yeshiva of Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov, Asher Tuchal HaEshet HaOla LaMizbeach, Ikulei Olat HaMachzir, Vyata Machzir, Ikulei Ketorot, that's the halacha, that if korbanot that are placed on the Mizbeach pop off, you can put them back on, as long as they were placed on in the right time, you can put them back onto the Mizbeach, but if Ketorot pieces go flying off, we don't place them back on to the, to the Mizbeach of the Ketorot. That's a rule. No, the fire sometimes, what do you mean, you never saw like a fire go like this and then it throws things off from the the rush of the fire. Was in Kodesh, right? <coughs> yeah. There was a, there was like this much, but yeah, I mean, let's say there's all of a sudden a flare up of the fire. It could it could it could knock something off. Sure, it's light because it's light. You know, so 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 it could go flying, and you find a little bit on the floor. You don't put it back on. That's the point. Right, so now, so, so, but everybody agrees, no matter what your X is, like the doctor was saying, no matter what your X is, whether it's two, three, or four, the X plus one, everybody agrees, you add one for Yom Kippur. So, where did they get that from? Okay, there's a Now, everybody agrees, the Vav Hey adds something. Even though just a second ago we said that the Vav by itself doesn't teach us anything, right? Didn't teach us anything. Vav, hey, Darish. But Vihaish, they do learn from, right? So therefore, um, therefore you learn from it that there's an extra uh, pyre of wood that's placed on the Mizbech just to make the 
uh, coals that are going to provide the Kohen Gadol with what he needs to go into the Kodesh Kodeshim. Now, Eshtamid Lemayata. What does Eshtamid come to tell you? What is that Pasuk? Uh, you know, since everything else um, has already been used for Adrasha. So what does Eshtamid come to tell you? So it says, It's for what? It's for the following teaching. And the, uh, the, um, Grant changes it here to Ve'esh Hamizbech to Kadbo. Okay? Uh, he says, uh, he, he says they're referring to a different pasuk. Right? So this is coming to tell you that where is the fire that you take the, um, when, when you take coals to make the ketorot uh, of every day, or when you're going to take for other things we're going to see, where do you take that fire from? From the outer altar. Even though the ketorot is burnt on the inner altar, Right, you don't produce the coals for it on the inner altar. You might say, "Oh, I'll just put some wood on the inner altar, burn it, make coals, and put the ketorot on that." You don't do it. You burn on the outer altar till you reduce the. You create coals from that, and then you take that, and then you bring it into the inner altar where you do the ketorot. That's talking about a regular everyday ketorot we're talking about right now, right? So that's it. So it says, um, "Esh." Uh, so it says. Uh, the 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 national ketorot is not on the mizbech ketorot, but it's on the outer mizbech, right? What about the coals for the machta for the pan of Yom Kippur? Um, what about lighting the menorah? Minayin. How do you know where to get fire for that? Now, obviously, normally, right? We normally say that the menorah never actually was extinguished, and they would always light it from the one. Uh, remaining candle that wasn't extinguished, but in the, but that was only true for uh, you know when when the Shekhinah was you know very strong with the Jewish people. But at periods of time in history where they didn't have those miraculous uh, benefits, sometimes the menorah would not last until the uh, until the next time of lighting it, and you would need to supplement from the fire uh, in the mizbe- in the outer mizbech. So vidinu and logically. It should go like this. We say fire by the daily ketorah, and we say fire by the pan that goes into the Kodesh HaKodeshim. And also, when it, with the menorah, so, just like when it comes to the ketorah of every day, we take the fire for that and the coals for that from the outer altar, Afghan. So to hear, it's the same thing when it comes to the Mizbech HaChitzon, when it comes to the, uh, the uh, when we, we need to, to learn uh, from there uh, that it, uh, uh, you know, we learn from there the same thing. So as she says that, uh, uh, does he bring what the pasuk is? No, Okay, so it doesn't say. Yeah, but basically um, it's saying just, so that, yeah, so the Mizbeach, the fact that you need fire on both, they come from the outer altar. Or we go the other way. You could say the opposite. How, do you, how does it work with the daily ketoret? You don't burn to create the coals on the very place that you're going to be offering the ketoret. You go to the next closest source. What's the next closest source? Outside, the outer altar, right? So that's true for the ketoret. But now if I want to, that, that everyone agrees. The ketoret of every day where you take the fire from the outside because the next available thing. But if I want to light the menorah, why not use fire from the mizbacha ketoret? It's right okay. next to the menorah. Why would I go outside to get from the outer altar? 
right? Or you could argue for the Kodesh HaKodeshim. When the Kohen Gadol is, when the Kohen is going for the normal Ketoret, so you take fire from the outer altar and you put it on the inner altar. But when I'm going into the Kodesh HaKodeshim, maybe I should take from the inner altar and go one, in other words, if it's one step removed. Close. Normal it's one step removed, so why don't I go to the closer one? I'm doing two steps because I'm taking from the outer altar, go to the Kodesh, and then go to the Kodesh HaKodeshim. Why don't I just go right to the inner altar, take coals from there, go into the Kodesh HaKodeshim, okay, so they could go that way. Right, but it's saying you could argue the other way if you didn't have a pasuk, right? Yeah. So that's what it's saying. It's saying okalacha derech means why can't we argue the other way? Nema ish baketov, nema ish vachta. Umnoa malhalan b'samuchlo. You go with the next one, the adjacent one. Av vachta umnoa b'samuchlo, which would mean for the minoa you should use fire from the inner altar for the kodesh kodeshim shoot for the inner altar. So Talmud Amar esh tamid tukada lamezbech lo tichbe. That's where we need this pasuk esh tamid tukada lamezbech lo tichbe. That esh tamid shamarti lecha. This constant fire that I spoke about to you should only be on the uh, at the on the head on the top of the outer altar, meaning that the 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 concept that it says eshtamid, the reg, the constant fire, and we know that uh, that the lahalot ner tamid that you have the menorah that's also tamid. It says tamid about that as well. That it should, that the menorah should be, the fire for the menorah, if it needs to be relit, should be taken from the outer altar because it says tamid there, and it says tamid by the menorah. So it says, that's true, that's good for the menorah because the menorah says tamid. But the Kodesh of Kodeshim is not tamid, it's once a year. So how do I know that I'm supposed to take coals from the outer altar? Maybe I should take from the inner altar and go into the Kodesh of Kodeshim. It's a shorter trip. Why don't I do that? How do I know that? So, just like it says fire by the Machtan, it says by the Menorah. Just like it says by the Menorah. Outer, it says fire, and, uh, and it says by, and, and we get, take it from the outer altar, it says by the fire pan of the Kodesh Kodashim, fire. And uh, we should take it from the uh, outer altar. But, but you could argue differently. Because, like we said before, maybe we should go with the closest, shortest travel. So true, we had a pasuk to teach us that you're supposed to take from the outer altar for the menorah. But maybe to go into the Kodesh Kodeshim, we should go by the closest thing. The closest altar is the inner altar. We should take from there to go into the Kodesh Kodeshim. Talmud lomar, velakach machta it says you should take coals from the Mizbech that is before Hashem. It says, It doesn't say, It says, Only part of it is in front of Hashem. The only Mizbech that is not fully situated, so to speak, in front of Hashem. Because if you look at the way the, the, the Mizbech outside is situated, the western part of it... Right, it's facing the uh, you know it's it's not completely centered. In other words, to the sides, yeah. right? Obviously, the western side is facing towards the Kodesh Kodeshim, but it's not the fully right, but not totally. Meaning, part if you were standing and in the middle of it, and you look straight ahead, you will see the Kodesh Kodeshim. But if you go to the side, you won't uh, be looking straight at the doors of the Kodesh Kodeshim because of the way that it's situated. It wasn't situated to be complete that it's completely uh-huh. directly in front. Right? So therefore, it would not, it's only milif neshem, meaning, uh, it's only miktato. So it's, so it's, uh, uh, whereas the inner altar is completely lif neshem because it's actually, uh, in the middle of it, right? In other words, the outer, the outer altar, 
the, the western side of it is facing the Kodesh Kodeshim. Maybe not every inch of it is directly, fl- directly facing Kodesh Kodeshim, but it's all facing the Kodesh Kodeshim. Right? But inside the Kodesh, the entire Mizbech that's called Milifne Hashem, because it's all inside and it's all facing directly the Kodesh Kodeshim. So maybe, so that's why it says Milifne Hashem, to tell you that you only go from the one that's only Miktato Milifne Hashem. In Kulo Lifne Hashem. But you need both words, because if you only had you should take it from you would think it's the inner one. That's why you have Milifnei Hashem to tell you it's the outer altar. Then you would think that only the part of the Mizbech that's actually right in front of the door of the Mizbech, I mean the western side and only the section that you're standing directly facing the, the walls of the, right, the doors, right, directly facing the doors of the uh, of the Kodesh, only that part you could take the coals from for the, for the Ketoret. So, Aval Right? Even if you're on the west side, if you're to the side, not directly facing the doors of the Kodesh, Kodesh of the Kodesh, of the Ulam, you wouldn't be able to take from there. <coughs> That's why you need both Psukim. So basically we learn, because if you were to read just Pshat-wise without these, these Drashot, you wouldn't be able to tell which Mizbech you're supposed to take from. You might think you're supposed to take from the inner Mizbech. So the fact that it tells you you're supposed to take from Hashem, one that is partially in front of Hashem, so to speak, but not totally, means it's the outer altar. But the fact that it calls it the Mizbech, Me'ala Mizbech, means that you could take from anywhere on that Mizbech. It's identifying the Mizbech, but not telling it you have to take it specifically from the west side, exactly centered, you know, in the spot that's facing the Kodesh. That, you know, that far you don't have to go. If you have leftover, Rabbi uh, Meir used to say that if you have um, uh, parts of the Korban Ola that were left over from the previous day, we saw that already, right? That you make a separate pyre, even on Shabbat you do that. Meaning that according to him, you have every day four marachot, even on Shabbat, that are one is for the is the major one for the burning of the Korban of that day. One is for the Ketorot of that day. One is just for Eshtamid. And one is for the previous day. So even though you're going to be burning things that were from Friday, it doesn't matter. My Kamashwalantanab, we already learned that. Bechol Yom Ayusham Arba Marachot. It said in the Mishnah, every day there were four Marachot. So obviously Rabbi Meir means even on Shabbat. What's the Chidush? I'm Rabbi Avin, Lord Psulin. You might have thought that, uh, that Psulin, things that were Pasul, that Lechatchila shouldn't have gone on the Mizbeach. There are certain things that shouldn't have gone on the Mizbeach, like things that had, let's say, a minor mum or something like that. Certain conditions, right, where it shouldn't have gone on the Mizbeach. But if it already did, Bediavad, you don't take it down. You don't take it down. So you might have said those things, it's bad enough that it already went on the Mizbech when really ideally it wasn't supposed to go. Now you're going to not only put it up there, you're going to make a separate thing for it. Even on Shabbat, you're going to burn it. Even though it shouldn't have been there to begin with, that you need a special chidush to tell you. But that's only if that's only if the fire started getting on them and they didn't finish. But even Rabbi Meir would agree that if you had certain pasul things that weren't supposed to go on the mizbeach and they did, okay, and bediavad they don't have to be taken down. So even he would agree that if they never touched the fire on the mizbeach and now it's Shabbat, you know, he's going to tell you. In that case, you don't uh, you you don't leave them up there. 
because uh, you're not going to burn them because you're not going to make a special burning for them when really they shouldn't have been up there to begin with and they never even started getting consumed. But if they started getting consumed already, so now you have an obligation to finish the process. They remain right? up there. Right? Right? They're going to remain if they're in a case where they were pasul and it's already Shabbat, so then you wouldn't leave it up there. Right, so aval. So now it says, "Ika dam roisam say achad chirin vechad psulin imarsab ena or in vilo lo vafilu b'shabat." Alternatively, the the point was, uh, oh, that's the next part, right? Yeah. Right. So vilo lo. So the point is that um, that uh, that even for the chirin, he would say the same thing. That if the fire started consuming them, even yeah. though they were from the previous day, you can make a special malacha for them on Shabbat and burn them. But if the fire didn't, then you would not be able to do it even for things that belonged on the Mizbech. In other words, according to the first interpretation, the only restriction is if it's a thing that really shouldn't have been there to begin with. And also, the fire really never started consuming it, so why am I doing this on Shabbat, making another uh, fire just to burn it? I'm not going to do that. right? That's according to the first interpretation. But even if it was pasul, if it started being consumed, or if it was kasher, even if it didn't start being consumed, then you would be able to burn it even on Shabbat day, even though it was from the previous day. The second version is saying that whether kasher or pasul, if you're going to be burning something that's really from Friday on Shabbat, it can only be something that had started getting consumed on Friday and just didn't finish. So then you're allowed to make this pyre and to finish it off on Shabbat. Va'afilo b'Shabbat. Is that really true? Tanena v'hayom chamesh. Right? So it says, even on Shabbat, um, so it says we learned this already because it says on Yom Kippur it's chamesh. Right? In other words, there's another reason why. Forget about the fact that it says Bechol Yom. Every day they would have four pyres. It says on Yom Kippur that there would be five. So obviously, uh, you know, Yom Kippur is no less than Shabbat. It's holy like Shabbat. So why is that? A, so it's obvious that you're doing it even on Shabbat. So why would you have to mention even on Shabbat if we know even on Yom Kippur that you do it? Right? Right? Because you might have thought that when is it true that you're allowed to burn the things from the previous day on the day of Yom Kippur? Only when the previous day was Shabbat. When Yom Kippur fell out on Sunday. Because that way you're burning things from Shabbat on Yom Kippur. But any other day on Yom Kippur to go and make a separate pyre of wood to burn things from the previous day, chas uh, So it says, no, kamash malan, you're allowed to, according to everything here, you do it. Amar Avar, Avar says, who is this person who doesn't pay attention to his own teaching and he's, he's not paying attention to the words of his own teaching? It says in the Mishnah every day. It doesn't matter what day. Every day in Yom Kippur, no matter what day, and, and Shabbat, no matter what day, there's no such restriction. It doesn't matter what day of the week it falls out. And the Gemara ends with, Kashia, you're right, that's a difficulty. We didn't really need to be told this chidush that it applies even on Shabbat or even uh, when Yom Kippur falls out during the week because it's obvious from the language of the Mishnah that that was what Rabbi Meir meant, that 365 days a year they make a separate pyre for the burning of the previous day's leftover korbanot. Um, there's, a, this, uh, there's a debate whether that's true even of korbanot that didn't start being consumed or of korbanot that are pasul and didn't start being consumed, but that there is such a thing even on Shabbat and even on Yom Kippur that doesn't fall on Sunday, that should be obvious from the language of Bechol that every day they had this additional uh, setup of wood for that purpose. So that's what we'll continue from here tomorrow. Business.